welcome to the Empower Church podcast. My name is Matt Garner, and I'm the pastor at Empower Church here in Melbourne, Australia. We're so glad you've joined us today, and I am believing that today's message is not only going to inspire you and encourage you, but it's going to empower, equip, and challenge you to be everything that God has called you to be. Hey, if you want more information about what we're up to at Empower Church, just jump on our website, empowerchurch.co, and all the details are there. We really hope that you enjoy the message. Good morning, everybody. Hello. (laughs) My name's Beck. for those of you who don't know me. Um, It's an honour and a privilege to be here with you this morning. And it's nice to see all your beautiful faces. Uh, Myself and my lovely husband, Isaac, who currently (laughs) is on crutches. Um, Yeah, he's amazing. We get to hang out with the young adults here at Empower, which is a real privilege. We love them all. And a lot of them are here today. So hello. Yeah, this morning I... I don't want to speak for too long, but I just want to talk to you this morning about the Upper Room Revival and the Axe Church Revival, because that's what it was. And for the last two years or so, God has really been awakening His church. and His people to prepare us for an outpouring of His Holy Spirit. And I wanna read a little bit today, just Matt stealing my sermon. No, he's not. (laughs) Um, Just about the Acts, Acts 2 and how also when we look at the New Testament church and Revivals and the way God has moved in the past, we can get a glimpse as to what a spirit of revival is and why we need it so badly in our churches today. So I'm going to talk about first, what is revival? And then I'm going to talk about what is it for? And then how we get it. Keys to seeing revival happen. if you want. <laughs> you can sit down if you want. Okay, great. <laughs> I won't keep him on there for too long. He'll be playing for forever. Um, but I guess just to, we're going to be talking about revival a lot. And so I, I want to give us a definition of what revival actually is, because it's such a word that we use and we've used all the time and we kind of throw it around. <laughs> um, it's overly used and it's often even misused. Um, And so I really want to bring clarity as to what we mean when we talk about revival. Because it's not just a scheduled meeting. It's not just a bunch of things we do and the church gets all excited and happy clappy, that kind of thing. Like that's not what revival is. It is a time of unusual and divine visitations from the Holy Spirit. And it's where a community of believers are shaken and saturated in the power of God. It is not something that we can generate. 
in the flesh. We cannot schedule in a move of God. Revival is something that God sends down on his people when they have a cry and a longing and a desperation for him to come. I want to give you a definition because I personally have not lived in revival, although I love reading about revival, I've reading about the Acts Church and how we can look like Acts 2 because like Matt said, it's not... We can't live without it and we have for so long. And it's time we get back to the purpose of the church. And for those of you who might not know who Charles Finney is, he was um, one of the men who brought in the Second Great Awakening in America. And he's kind of known as the father of modern revivalism. And he said this about revival. He said, revival is the renewal of the first love of Christians. A revival breaks the power of the world and of sin over Christians. It brings them to such a vantage ground that that they get a fresh impulse towards heaven. They have a new fort they have new foretaste of heaven and new desires after union with God and the charm of the world is broken and the power of sin overcome. What revival does is it gets us to examine our hearts. So often we read in the New Testament and across great moves of God, they start off well, they start off with the move of God and then there becomes a decline. Whether it's in compromise, whether it's in sin, whether it's in, uh, it could be a range of things, looking like the world. And what God does is he starts to set, raise the standard again in his church. And what revival is, is he comes down to quicken us, often with his spirit and his word, to wake us up and to bring us into who we're called to be as the church. We begin to realise that we've grown lukewarm in our love for Jesus, that we've compromised and we hardly even recognised it in our own hearts. And this is not condemnation, this is an invitation of the Holy Spirit to return to our first love and to return to who we are called to be. And so, now that we know what revival is, we're going to read a bit of Acts 2. And so, I think the verse will come up. So we can read along. Guys, I want to encourage you, bring your Bible, your real thing. It's so good. It's way better than the phone, I'm just going to say it. (laughs) Phones are convenient, but there's nothing like holding your real Bible and reading it and scribbling on it. So I want to encourage everyone. All right. So just to give you some context of what the day of Pentecost was, it was 50 days after the Passover, which was when Jesus um, died on the cross for us. And then it was 10 days from Jesus' ascension. 
And to give some context as to why, because we read it and we say there was um, 120 in the upper room. And to give us an understanding as to why they were even there in the first place. I just want to read to you quickly Acts 1, 4-6, and it says, On one occasion while Jesus was eating with them, he gave them this command, Do not leave Jerusalem, but wait for the gift my Father promised, which you have heard me speak about. For John baptised with water, but in a few days will be baptised with the Holy Spirit. I think we can forget sometimes that these people were real people. <laughs> they really walked with Jesus. These people were in the upper room because they had a devotion and a love for Jesus. That is why they were there. They weren't just there to have a nice time or, you know, just praying casual prayers. They were there because the one they loved said, stay and my gift, my baptism will come upon you. They didn't even know what that meant. What that, what they were like, I don't know what that means. <laughs> but they were there because they loved Jesus. And it says, when the day of Pentecost came and they were all together in one place, it says they were joined together in prayer. That was a 10-day prayer meeting. I think a lot of us struggle to pray for 10 minutes, let alone 10 days. (laughs) Um, But these people loved Jesus and they were obedient to him and they were in there and they were like, I don't know what this Holy Spirit thing is, but I want it because Jesus said it was for us. And the Acts Church were in immense oppression and persecution at that time. And rather than them drawing back in fear or or whatever, they actually grew stronger in their devotion to Jesus and to gathering together in prayer. And I think that is such a picture of what we need today. Like, you know, there's going to be more and more persecution about who Jesus is. The name of Jesus is, you know, it's a touchy word sometimes. And it's time that we come together and we seek the Lord together in devotion to him and each other. And what was so beautiful is they they were up there, they would have been devoted to one thing and that would have been setting their affection on Jesus. And as they did that, God rendered the heavens And he poured out his spirit on a devoted, burning people. And then it says, like, um, suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came on rest on each of them. The Holy Spirit came like a fire. He came upon the Jewish people who previously were under the law. And so it was very religious, very structured. There was no intimacy. It was all, the religious people had made it a bunch of checklists on how to get close to God. And yet Jesus came and then when he poured out his Holy Spirit, he brought to life the church. Often we read in the Old Testament about how the Holy Spirit came upon the judges and the prophets for a certain time, for a great purpose. And yet here we see that the Holy Spirit came upon every single person. So now we can all operate in that same 
สิ่ง
when we see here, it says that the Lord added to their numbers daily. And what that means is, is they weren't just sitting in their homes, soaking up the Holy Spirit, (laughs) getting drunk on the Lord and not doing anything about it. These people were set ablaze for the Lord and they were like, I have to go tell people about him. I have to. And it wasn't even just because, um, you know, it was a good idea. It was actually a command from Jesus. And he says in John 20, 21, he says, as the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. Mark 16, 16 to 18 says, go into all the world. And preach the gospel to all creation. Whoever believes and is baptised will be saved. But whoever does not believe will be condemned. And these signs will accompany those that believe. They will cast out demons. They will speak with new tongues. They will pick up snakes with their hands and when they drink deadly poison, it will not hurt them at all. And when they place hands on the sick people, they will get well. This was not just a good idea from Jesus. This was a mandate to us as believers. This generation is waiting for the sons and daughters of God to be revealed. I believe that Jesus is returning us and the church to our higher calling and our higher mandate, which is to go, go and talk about him. He's too beautiful to not talk about. If he's really changed you like we've said he has, why do we hold it in? Why do we allow fear to hold us back? The Spirit is on us and in us for the purpose of testifying to the world that Jesus is alive and we demonstrate it through love and through power, which is why he came. Because Jesus said, you can believe what I say because of the power. It was evidence of what he was saying was true. What other religion has a healing, delivering God. Only Jesus can do that. What if the talk about the greatest revival and outpouring of the Holy Spirit in history is actually just a call to our generation to do our job to the fullest? What if it's not about how close we are to the coming of Jesus? But God calling a generation, calling us, the church, to do her duty. I felt the Holy Spirit early on in the year. I was praying to the Lord and I was, you know, we say all the right prayers. Jesus, come. Yes. (laughs) Which I think it's, we need to pray those prayers more. But I was saying that and I was like, what, when are you going to do something, Lord? When are you going to do? And he's like, when are you? And I was like, oh, um, <laughs> that's a good question. <laughs> and I felt such conviction of the Holy Spirit to be like, you live 
in the street with people who don't know Jesus. You walk, work with people. You have friends that don't know Jesus. And yes, I talk to them about Jesus. But do I talk about him like they need him now? I believe that this next move of God is a shoulder-to-shoulder revival. So often we wait for the next great evangelist or next revivalist or anything to come and we want to touch from them, you know, because they move in the Holy Spirit and are more for those things because they equip the saints. It's excellent. We need the fire of God. But I think we've been waiting for that next person to come in Australia because I look around and I go, where, God, where are the called out ones? Where are they? Hello. And I, he's saying, we are them. We are the called out ones. And my last point is, how do we get revival? And the interesting thing about Acts 2 is we could actually miss it if we didn't quite look properly. And when Peter talks about that the Holy Spirit will pour out, yeah, the God will pour out his spirit upon us. He's actually referencing Joel 2. I didn't put a thing in my thing. That's right. (laughs) I've got here. Um, Yeah, he's talking about Joel 2. And I think if we don't read all of Joel 2, we could actually just go, God wants to pour out his spirit. Yes. And feel like we are just waiting for it and we don't have to participate in any way. And the reason... I want to focus on this is because I believe that we're in a season that requires a Joel 2 response for an Acts 2 outpouring. Joel says this in verse 12, Even now, declares the Lord, return and keep on coming to me with all of your heart in genuine repentance with fasting and weeping and mourning until every barrier is removed and the broken fellowship is restored. Rend your hearts and not your garments. Return to the Lord your God for He is gracious and compassionate and slow to anger and abounding in love. And He relents from sending calamity. Who knows that He may turn and relent and leave behind a blessing. Grains and drink offerings for the Lord your God. Blow the trumpet in Zion. Declare a holy fast. Call a sacred assembly. Gather the people. Consecrate the assembly. Bring together the elders, gather the children and the nursing infants. Let the bridegroom come out of his room and the bride out of her bridal chamber. No one is excused from the assembly. Biblically and historically, revival in the church, when we look at it, it cannot happen without repentance. We want the promise, but we don't do what He asks. 
repent and come to Him. I felt God speak to me so strongly about repentance in this hour and I believe He's saying it because He is preparing us for an outpouring of His Holy Spirit and He will not pour out on a people who will not reverence Him. He is waiting for a desperation in the hearts of His people. God speaks of a returning of the heart, a brokenness of the heart and consecration. And I wanna quickly just talk about what they mean. He's talking about return to me with all your heart. Return means to turn back, to turn towards, which results in a restoration of relationship. God is talking about a wholehearted devotion which would suggest that when Joel's speaking to the Israelites here that they had grown lukewarm in their love. Revelations 2 talks about the church of the Ephesians church and this church had done amazing things for God. He commended them on all these wonderful things. He listed several And yet He said this to them, but I have this against you. You have abandoned the love you had at first. Jesus loves His church and He wants our whole heart. And He says, consider how far you have fallen. Repent and do the things that you did at first. Jesus longs for His church and He is jealous for us. We say we want the consuming fire to come up upon us. Do we know what that means? Do we know that He he wants to consume up everything that doesn't look like Him? He is jealous for us. How do we know if we've left our first love? Because I think it can be easy to be like, oh, I'm good, I love Jesus. As reading the Bible felt like a chore. Do you go, oh, I'll do it later? We, I, we all do this. It's not like we're all, any of us is more special or I'm not up here like, oh, just be more like me and we'll get there. I'm just not saying, I'm not saying that at all. I'm saying this because this is what God's been speaking to me about. Have we lost our strong desire to spend time with the Lord? Is our worship and our prayer life non-existent or maybe it's just going through the motions? And these things are only, God is highlighting this because He doesn't just want us to do good things. He doesn't just want us to do good external things. That's why He says, rend your heart, not your garment. What He was saying was what rending your garment meant. In the Old Testament, it was a symbol and a sign of sorrow and it was an outward repentance basically where they would mourn literally they'd tear it they'd grieve and it would be a wailing and it happened so much that they just did it it didn't even mean anything anymore and I think we can do that in our walk with the Lord we can read this we can come here we can worship and yet our heart is disconnected from God 
He wants your internals, not just your externals. And then lastly, He talks about consecrating the assembly. Consecration means to be set apart. A set apart people, holy, devoted to Jesus. We need holiness back in the church again. Holiness and repentance, nice old words that we probably haven't heard in a long time. (laughs) But we need them back. We need them back. Not because we need to be better Christians. Revival isn't about more good things that we can do. It's not about all the things we can do to be better Christians. It's about positioning our hearts before the Lord who is a consuming fire and only He can warm our lukewarm hearts and our cold hearts towards Him. Only He can do it. It's an invitation today. If you say, I'm lukewarm, I am. That's okay. We've all been there. But Jesus just wants you. He doesn't want us to just come here, walk in, some notes, go home. He wants us to long for Him because He longs for us. I don't know about you, but when we look at this verse in Acts 2, I go, we don't look like that. There is so much more available to us. This is available which shows us that something's missing or someone's missing. This generation is more depressed, more anxious, more alone. We're more addicted to sex, pornography, alcohol, drugs, even in the church. Our generation has gone to tarot cards and crystals and new age Eastern spirituality because the church is dead. I'm just going to say it. That is why we need a revival. Not because it's a nice meeting, but because we need Jesus. Melbourne, Australia needs Jesus. Jesus is the answer. And it's time for the church to arise, to lay down everything that hinders us When we said yes to Jesus, we didn't sign up to a church. We have been made one with Him. We're married to Him. And in a marriage, you work at it because you love them. It's not like, oh, I have to go spend time with them, I guess. Boring. It's like, I want to. (laughs) 
And if that's the case, maybe we've all lost our first love, even in our marriages. And that's the thing. The devil's attacking families, marriages, everything. And it's because Jesus is not in our midst. And I guess I just want to hone in on our hearts right now. Do you long for Jesus? If you don't, that's okay. If you even want to want Him, He'll use that. And it's just starting by saying, Jesus, I'm sorry, I repent. Repentance wasn't just a one thing we did back when we you know, got saved forever ago. Maybe that one time I made a mistake. It's a daily thing, daily coming before the Lord and saying, is there anything in my heart? Search me, Jesus. Is there anything that stops me from coming close to you? Is it my sin? Is it my, have I compromised in any way? Maybe the sins that once used grieve me don't anymore. Or maybe I've just grown familiar with you, Lord. Or maybe you're burning, but you're just like, well, I want more of Jesus. But I think that we need so much more of the Holy Spirit. Would we not withhold anything from Him today? God is calling the hungry and the thirsty. Those who are not satisfied with their Christianity and with the church as we know it. And you know, the very evidence that you are unsatisfied shows that you were created for more. If you're unsatisfied, that's good. Because if we look at the Bible, it talks about dry places and how that has never been an obstacle for the Lord. It's just an opportunity for Him to pour out His Spirit upon us. And so would we all stand? Let's be real before the Lord right now. us all the opportunity to respond to Jesus and it's not about what you do that makes me feel good about my sermon it's not about doing something because we've always been told how to do it respond to Jesus right now however you need to maybe you need to literally just come on here fall on your knees and just repent or maybe you need to be on your knees or maybe you need to go on the side and start dancing I don't care what it is just respond to Jesus right now. If you've grown at all cold or distant from the Lord, or maybe you just want more of Him, just respond to Him right now. He wants to pour out His Holy Spirit upon us. He wants to set us ablaze with His love. Thank you, Jesus. If you, if anyone here, this is not to point out anyone, but if anyone is living in sin, secret sin and maybe no one knows about it just repent right now before the Lord 
Repent right now before Him. He is a holy God and He wants to make you clean today. He wants to make you clean today. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Just begin to cry out before Him. This is not me. I'm not wanting to lead this thing. Jesus is not just looking at me right now. He's looking at all of you. Cry out to Him right now. Cry out to Him right now. He's here. He's here. Jesus, we love You. We repent, Lord. We repent, Jesus, of our lukewarm hearts, God. We repent forever making You a checklist, God. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Jesus. Thank You, Lord. on I don't want you to feel like you can't get into it because we're about to move on we're not we're going to linger here Lord Jesus we come before you with humble and broken hearts this morning Lord we return to you Jesus Turn to you, Lord. We were not made for religion, Jesus. We were made for you. Respond to him now, right now. He's calling you. He's calling you right now.
there's a lot of people here today who are dry and weary. It's been so long. Jesus, come and touch your people right now. Touch them, Jesus. Touch the young and the old, Lord. Fill us with your fire again, Jesus. Fill us with your fire again, Lord. We long for you, Jesus. Long for him. He wants your whole heart. feeling you guys on my heart for the last couple of weeks. Would you just lift your hands? Thank you, Jesus. Holy Spirit, right now, we thank you for your fire upon Haley, Jesus, and upon James. Lord, would you set them ablaze, Father, for your, for you. Set them ablaze, Lord Jesus. I felt so strongly that you guys weren't created to just live an ordinary life. He's called you guys. Thank you, Jesus. Touch them, Lord. Move in their home. Move in their marriage. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Right now, Lord, would we be set ablaze for you, Jesus? Would we be set ablaze in our homes, in our families, Jesus? In our streets, Lord, would we be set ablaze for first love with you, Lord, and for this, for this world, Jesus? Worship Jesus. Give him everything right now.
Because of Christ, I am alive. 
because of Christ I am alive come on go ahead and just worship him today come on fill this room just with your worship to him your adoration to him come on fill this place fill this place with praise to him today